morning, everybody. I'm, I'm glad you know how up north uh, they get up and they have to shovel snow before they can get out. We, we shoveled the pollen out and, and got out today, <laughs> and I'm glad that you braved it. I'm glad that you're here. Welcome. Welcome to those who are worshiping by Facebook Live, and we're glad that you're joining us today, too. I have just a couple of reminders to, to tell you about. This coming week is spring break. And it's just like, okay, I'm too old to go to Panama City or something like that. But it does kind of affect all of us. And yay to you if you can have a break this week. Uh, we are taking a break from our Wednesday evening activities. We don't have our meal and our children's and youth because uh, it's spring break. But we will be having our 11 o'clock 40 days of prayer Bible study. Uh, so yes, on the 11 o'clock. Bible study and no on the evening Bible study. So if you normally come in the evening, come in the morning or, or watch the, what we stream. So that's coming up. Um, we have posters up. We have on our, our website, on our church app, on our newsletter, all the full lineup for Holy Week. It's going to be on us in a couple of weeks. We are starting with uh, Donuts and Donkeys on Palm Sunday. Now, if that doesn't pique your interest, I don't know. You know, donuts and donkeys. We're going to have donkeys out in the live space. We're going to serve donuts. We're going to have a big Palm Sunday celebration to kick off Holy Week. Every day during the weekday for Holy Week, we're going to have noonday services at 12.05. And we have a different speaker every day. And you can, you can find the full lineup of speakers. And then at 12.30-ish, we, we have a lunch. Just just. Uh, bring five dollars for for lunch and on your lunch hour you can get a blessing every day Thursday night of Holy Week we have our Monday Thursday Holy Communion service which is always special and powerful and then we have our tenebrae service on Good Friday which is service of shadows which is one of the most meaningful services of the year for me and then our, our, our Easter egg hunt that Saturday and then Easter Sunday morning from sunrise service on up so something uh, exciting to look forward to. Our March mission focus uh, is the Love Center. And just a little bit, we're going to have um, a special guest speaker, Ruth Adcock, is going to be saying something. Uh, and I think, I think maybe her friend Nancy is going to be saying something too. Or are you going to say something? BJ wants to talk. Somebody's going to be saying something about the Love Center. Oh, maybe Susan Cooper. We're going to be talking about the Love Center, which, of course, our church has supported for years. Wonderful, wonderful ministry. And also, look, behind me here, underneath the altar table, are, are these blessing bags. This is something that was an idea that came up from our missions team. And um, we, we got to thinking about um, the, the people who come, come out of our jails sometimes come just come out with the clothes on their back and don't really know where they might could get some help with social services and, and different things that our community has to offer so we have an information sheet in here along with some toiletry items and some just some basic things and some some handwritten cards that we did on our uh, mosaic service saint patrick's day party we wrote little cards we put our favorite bible verse on there a little encouraging word and we have these cool little bags that have straps that you can take. So this is going to be something that, and when we have our prayer time, we're going to pray over these bags and for the people who will receive those bags. So we have that going on today too. 
I hope that you will be blessed by our service today. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for this chance to come together and worship you. Open our hearts, open our minds, and may be, we be receptive to everything you want to do for us today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Okay, I guess we can go home now because I've already been blessed. <laughs> I love that hymn, and I love hearing y'all sing. Y'all could hear y'all today. Let's remain standing, though, and affirm our faith together with saints around the world and across the ages as we gladly say what we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Except for our, our children, are we going to have our children's church? Okay. So anybody who is young at heart can go <laughs> to Children's Church. I'm, I'm glad that you're here today. I want to thank you for being so generous and giving your, your tithes and offerings to the Lord. And I want to also thank you for giving your, your talents and your time. Because uh, every time I turn around, I think about what, what you're doing for God. I think about the people that stepped up and volunteered. And some of y'all are sitting out there this morning this Friday in, in our ladle of love and helped serve 80-something uh, uh, lunches to, to people who, who needed them this, just, just this last Friday. I think about the, the hands that, that helped prepare these, these bags. Uh, some came up with the idea, some got the bags printed, and then, and then as we were having fun and partying on St. Patrick's Day, we also put together these bags and we wrote little encouraging notes and I think about all the other ways that you give uh, so much. But, you know, generosity is a blessing to others. It's also a blessing to you. And it also puts a smile on God's face. I love it all the way around. Will you join me now as we pray for our offering? Gracious God, thank you for being our provider. Thank you for every good and perfect gift that you pour into our lives. As we give back to you, Lord, for your kingdom's glory, as we give back our tithes and offerings, our time and our talents, take it and bless it and use it, Lord, for your glory. And we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.
Thank you. Please be seated. As Susan and Ruth are making their way up here, there's a microphone right down here, Susan. I know, uh, I know you've got that teacher voice, but you're still going to need that microphone. I'll just tell you, uh, as you, as you know, uh, since 1982, the Love Center has been providing support and, and basic necessities and a place to sleep, food and shelter, as well as counseling and, and employment help, and my goodness, so much for the people um, who need it desperately in our community. They've been a mission partner for us for a long time, and uh, we just want to say thank you, and uh, I'm going to let Susan say... Um, say this from from here out i am honored to be representing our mission team to introduce someone to you that means so much to our church and i know a lot of you know her already she probably needs no introduction really but this is ruth adcock and she was there really at the beginning with charles c terrence and then she you've been there about 40 years she's going to tell you more she's going to take a couple of minutes and tell a little bit more. But I just want y'all to know how important Ruth has been to the Love Center. She's been the glue that has kept it all together and made it what it is today and what we think of when we think of the Love Center. So I will proudly introduce you to Ruth Adcock. And it's so good to be here. And I know some familiar faces. Sonia was on our board, I believe, when I came on board. I haven't been there 40 years, but I have been there 28 years. and. Uh, we are celebrating our 40th year this year. So we're real proud of that. I never dreamed I'd be doing this one day, but thank God he has a plan for us and he keeps us on that path to fulfill that plan. But uh, I wanna thank you so much for having me. Uh, that song just really uh, blessed me. I said, I gotta get it together. <laughs> I've got to get up here in a minute. But I mean, it just blessed me so much. But I wanted to thank you also for partnering with us. Uh, I don't know exactly how long y'all been doing this, but I just remember, you know, I've been around, like I said, the Love Center for 28 years, and it just seems like y'all have always been there for us. Uh, I don't believe you've ever said no to us when Diane and I have called and we've needed help with uh, clothing for someone or medicines for someone. And I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, Y'all have been truly a blessing to us. Uh, just a few, uh, won't be too long, but I wanted to share, share with you uh, the, number the number of people we have helped, and y'all have helped, in 2021. Uh, <clears throat> we have served 319 people and we have served 19,600 meals out of that year. And y'all have been a part of that, just want you to know, because y'all have partnered with us and been a blessing to us all these years. All the children that we had in this past year, we had five. We had three single parents with five children among them, and they all received gifts and bicycles this past year, so we're, we're glad of that too. Um, we have had several families that have found their place, their permanent place to live. We have two seniors that went to Doggett Towers not too long ago. And um, so, and then we have other, we've been able to help them with a little bit of furniture. I don't know if y'all remember, we had a, a big, huge warehouse downtown years ago, 
and I bet we've given out hundreds of thousands of furniture. But we no longer have that, but we do have a little bit of a, a storage building on our property where we are now behind the uh, family shelter. And so we've able to, we have been able to help a few people with furniture as they've moved out. And there's such a blessing just, you know, to be able to have something free. And when they're starting out all over again, they don't have the money to go out and buy new things. So we try to help them as much as we can. And y'all have been a part of that. Okay, I just want to say again, thank you for having me uh, and continue to do the good work that y'all have done. Uh, I believe y'all have been real, uh, just good Samaritans in this community. You have shown, I think in my opinion, what Christ's love is, is all about, love and compassion. And y'all have certainly done that for us. And we thank you so much again for having me. I can't let her go anywhere because we've got a surprise for you. Ooh. And I'll share with you what it is. And I want to do this also in memory of Joan Hightower because Joan, um, the Love Center has been awarded the first Joan Hightower Community Impact Award because Joan would, uh, had helped out the 2016 board reorganize y'all's mission statement and role in the community. And Joan was such a big part of our church too and we loved her and we still miss her so much. But so Ruth, in honor of you and in memory of Joan, we would like to give you, and this is because, Joan, uh, because of um, Paige Dawson and her mom sits right back there, Judy Dawson is giving you a weekend at the Fairhope Inn down in Fairhope for you and your daughter to go and enjoy a wonderful weekend on us and the Dawson family. So we just, and I asked, and I asked Nancy Smith, and by the way, Nancy Smith is stranded in, in Mobile. This is supposed to be Nancy doing this, not me. So I've just kind of been winging it, but I, I want you to know that there is, I said, Nancy, is there anything I can handle? She says, it's on my computer, on my desk at home. So Nancy will be back Tuesday, she'll get in touch with you, and you'll have everything you need to go to Fairhope and enjoy a weekend. So we, that's what we heard. So enjoy it and know that we love you. And thank you, Ruth. You said it so well that, that when, when Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan and all of the things that y'all do at the Love Center are the things that the Samaritan did to help the guy that was in desperate need. And then Jesus said, go and do likewise, right? And so that's what we're trying to do, trying to go and do likewise. And by the way, if you're going to get stranded somewhere, uh, Mobile's not a half bad place. I'm just saying, you know, I've been stranded in worse places. So, all right. We do want to remind you that, that we pray for, for people uh, all the time. If you have a prayer request, you can fill out a prayer card and, and drop it in the offering plate or you can give it to me. You can email it to us. We do, uh, we do pray for you. We do uh, like hearing about your answers to prayer, too. Uh, we're going to pray for the Love Center. We're also going to pray for, um, for these blessing bags that we're going to be giving out um, that are going to be special. We're going to pray for all of your needs and, and joys and celebrations, too. So will you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Our gracious and kind Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us and for being the God that you are. 
And God, what can we do except love you back and know that, that you are uh, able to meet all of our needs and the needs of those that we love to, you know what's on our heart, Lord, and sometimes what's on our heart doesn't look really good because we know we failed you, so we need forgiveness. We, we need you, Lord, to strengthen us to do what you've called us to do. And God, we, we are humbled when we think about what you've given to us. And even as we give back to you, Lord, we know that you gave it all for us. So, Lord, thank you for people who, who give their lives and their service and their, their energy, Lord, to trying to help others. We pray for the Love Center, for everybody who walks in there that, that needs a little shot of hope. And thank you that, that people are care enough to do that in your name. We pray for, for those, for every person that will, will receive one of these blessing bags and maybe they're coming out and they don't know what their direction is gonna be next. Maybe this is the one thing that reminds this, reminds them that, that you love them and that, that they can start all over again just like you've let us start all over again. And God, as we think about the needs, it's not just our own community, but we pray, Lord, for those who are in Ukraine, who are suffering on a daily basis, and those who've had to flee their homes, the millions who've had to flee their homes, for the generous people in neighboring countries who are taking in the refugees. Uh, God, we lift all of that up. We pray for peace. We pray for your strength and fortitude, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that your will would be done which reminds us, Lord, to pray the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Three hundred sixty-five, grace greater than our sin. Let's sing together. Stand as you're able.
Okay, so, so everybody blow a kiss to all of our music folks up here. Mwah. All right, you, you watching and, and worshiping with us online, you can do that too. Um, we appreciate it so much. Um, before we get started with our scripture today, which is coming from Matthew chapter 6, I want to get you to do something. And it's not a hard assignment. I bet you can do it. As a matter of fact, I think you already did it once today. Will you bow your heads with me and let's pray together the Lord's Prayer, the prayer our Lord gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So y'all did really well with that. Raise your hand if you could do that without even looking at the words you've, you've, you know it that well, just about, and raise your hand at, at home with us. Don't, don't feel like you're being left out. And that's the way we have, think about how we use the Lord's Prayer. Um, and now let's, let's read the words from Matthew's Gospel, um, verses five through 11, okay? And whenever you pray, Jesus said, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, I know somebody's thinking, well, Pastor Sam, why didn't you finish the prayer? We were just, we were already leaning into the next part of that prayer. So this is a two-part message about the pattern for prayer. Our prayer, our emphasis over the whole season of Lent has been prayer. We're doing our 40 days of prayer, Bible study, and all of this. And today and next week, we're going to be looking at one of the, one of the coolest and most powerful teachings about prayer that that I've ever come across. And it is all about the Lord's Prayer. So again, I said, think about how we use the Lord's Prayer. We, we use the Lord's Prayer as a part of our, our ritual. We Methodists are really methodical and we have a certain way of doing things. If you uh, grew up in the Presbyterian Church or another denomination, then you might say, I don't know, you might say debts instead of trespasses or something like that, you know. Or if you're Episcopal, you might say forever and ever at the end and you're, you're, you know, but we have it a part of our ritual and that's not bad. It's good. Okay. And we, we commit it to memory and just about all of us have memorized this and I'm for that too. Listen, Pastor Sam is all about memorizing scripture. Hear me when I say that, but also hear this. There's a danger when you know something that well, 
you do it that often and you commit it to memory that much, then what can happen if you're not careful is you could just stop thinking about what it, what it is that you're saying. And when you start saying it, it just kind of rolls out. And what you do sometimes is you mentally check out and you're mentally thinking, okay, what's next? Okay, what well, we have for lunch today or something because your mouth can say that without even your brain thinking because you know it that well. That's the danger. And, and I don't, as, as important as it is to, to say the Lord's Prayer, I don't think that's what Jesus meant when he said, I'm going to show you how to pray. I don't think Jesus was just giving us something else to check off our to-do list and, and, some, and some rule to, to, to check off. Okay, I, you know, I, I gave my tithe and I, I read my Bible and went to worship and I recited the Lord's Prayer. Check. And maybe that's the problem right there, that little word recite. Because maybe the problem is that Jesus wasn't teaching us so much what to say as how to pray. Not, not a, as much a, a ritual as a pattern. So the Lord's Prayer is, is a pattern for prayer. It's, it's a pattern that addresses all of our needs. It's, it's so deep and, and so rich that we could never plumb the depths of the Lord's Prayer. And this week and next week, we're going to be looking at 10 parts of the pattern of the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to let Jesus teach us how to pray. Now, if you're thinking, oh, you know, I wish my friend could, could hear this. I wish my friend could be a part of this. I want you to remember that. Uh, we record, we live stream our services, but we also record them. We put them on our website, we put them on our church app. And you could tell your friend about it and they can come back and watch this. And then they can come back with you next week, hint, hint, uh, and, and join you for part two of the pattern to prayer. So before Jesus teaches us how to pray, in the greatest sermon that was ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, he starts with how not to pray. How important is it to know how not to do something. You ever learn that the hard way? Yep. But Jesus just tells us, here's how not to pray. Don't pray like the hypocrites pray because they're just praying for show. They're just, they just want to be seen. Um, hypocrite is a really kind of an interesting word. It's a word that comes from the theater world. It, it goes back to the time when, when actors had to use masks. You had one person that played multiple parts and so you would play this character on stage, you'd have this mask on and, and then you would switch characters and you put this mask on, right? And that's why when you see in the theater department in schools and different things, you see these masks and one's frowning, one's smiling, you know, it's kind of, that's where it comes from, the theater. And, and so, but here's, it's, it's wonderful for the theater it's, it's wonderful for, you know, maybe other costume parties that we do, but it's a problem when we pray because uh, hypocrites, uh, it actually means that there's something behind that mask. See, when an actress on stage is putting a mask or she's putting a mask on, the audience doesn't see what's behind the mask. The audience sees what the mask says, but there's a real somebody behind that mask, right? And God wants to commune and communicate with the real somebody and not with the church mask that we put on. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? If you're a preacher, you know. 
Because, I mean, when our kids were little, I was just about losing religion trying to get them ready for church. And then we'd get there. And I would see them in the church. Oh, how are you doing? I would just smile and say, oh, One was a Pharisee and one was a tax collector. And the Pharisee prayed for show. He prayed out loud with his head lifted up like that. And he basically told God what a great guy he was and how much better he was than that old tax collector. And then the tax collector bowed his head and said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Which one do you think God heard? And we talked about it. Uh, the task collector had to break through prayer because he wasn't just praying for show. Um, so we have, um, Jesus said the second thing is don't just pray a bunch of empty words. Don't just keep babbling on like a bunch of pagans, he says in verse 7. Uh, babbling on empty words, Jesus is actually referring to something. He's re referring to a practice that was sometimes... A best example I could think of is you go back to 1 Kings chapter 18 where Elijah is facing off with the prophets of Baal and they're going to see who's God answers and he lets the prophets of Baal go first, 600 prophets of Baal. And for half, literally for half a day, they pray this, they shout out loud the same words, oh Baal, answer us over and over and over again, oh, Baal, answer us, oh, Baal, answer us, for half a day, um, just over and over again. And in, in Acts 19, when Paul is in Ephesus and there's a riot that breaks out among the worshipers of Artemis, there for a couple, of, for literally two hours, Acts chapter 19, literally two hours, they said over and over, they chanted, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Just kind of like a chant, okay? And people to get hypnotized and entranced by the repetition of just a phrase. But Jesus knew in the, in the crowd where he was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, there were, were Jews there who sometimes themselves would have a form of repetition, repeating over and over again, the Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, which is wonderful, wonderful. The, some of the first words a Jewish child memorizes come straight from the Old Testament. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. But if it's just repeated over and over and over again, like a, just like an endless mantra, then it just kind of becomes babbling after a while. It becomes empty. The best thing I could think about when I think about empty words is I think about when somebody comes up to you and says, I'm sorry, but you know good and well they don't mean it. Has that ever happened to you? I'm, but you know it's empty because they didn't really mean it. And you've probably done that too. Has your mama ever told you, go tell your sister you're sorry and you were, I'm sorry or something like that. You didn't mean that. Empty words. Don't do that, Jesus said. And then third, Jesus said, uh, don't just pray like you're giving God a laundry list of things you want God to do. 
Here's my Christmas list, God. In verse 8, he says, God, your heavenly father already knows what you need before you even ask. Listen carefully to that word, need. God knows what you need, right? The purpose of prayer is not to twist God's arm and convince God to do what we want God to do. It's not a magical incantation for us to get what we want from God. Prayer is so much, it's, it's a communing with God, it's communication with God, it's talking, it's listening, it's kneeling before God, it's, it's an exchange of wishes, it's a supplication, it's all of that and more. But it's not just, okay, God, here's my list. So a thinking person might say, well, if God already knows what I want before I even ask, then why do I need to ask? Why do I need to pray? That's a really logical question. But it's very simple if you think about it like this. We all want to follow Jesus. And Jesus prayed a lot. And so much so that, that Jesus' disciples, after seeing everything else that he did, they saw his miracles, they saw him feed 5,000 people, they saw all that he did. They didn't say, Jesus, teach us how to do that. That will come in handy. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray because we know somehow that everything you do, the power in which you live is connected to your prayer life. Teach us to pray. We want to know how to pray. We pray also because... Every time Jesus talks about prayer, like in the Sermon on the Mount here, Matthew 6, he doesn't say if you pray. He says when you pray. Did you catch that? Whenever you pray. When you're praying, do it this way. When you're praying, don't do it that way. Do it this way. We pray. Also, we pray because there are some things that God will really only do when we ask. God is waiting for us to ask. God is wanting to communicate with us. So don't just let it be a, here's my list, God. Okay, so now we get to how to pray. This is the first part, y'all. There are 10 words in this pattern of how to pray. These are the first five. It follows right along with the Lord's Prayer, okay? So the first word is connection. Our Father in heaven is a, is a prayer of connection. It reminds us how much our Heavenly Father loves us. Before we do anything else in prayer, Jesus has given us a pattern, remember. Here's how you do it. Before you do anything else, before you ask God for anything, before you say, God, I'm sorry for anything, you just remember that you're talking to your Heavenly Father. And remember that your Heavenly Father loves you so much. You see, we're not talking to some disembodied recording. Have you ever had this happen? Can you imagine if it was like this? Thank you for calling the Heavenly Hotline. Your call is very important to us. Please listen to our entire menu because it, it has changed. If you know your party's ascension, you may dial it at any time. Para Espanol, el primo numero ocho. You know, did I say that right here? I mean, I, I was close. Um, it's not like that, okay? It's like crawling up in your parents' lap and laying your head on their shoulder, fully confident that they already love you. 
You see, it's, it's, remember, it's our Heavenly Father. Now, I'll pause here and say that the image of a loving Heavenly Father is not easy for everybody. Um, because the word father, even the word father, triggers something in us. And we think about our earthly fathers. And, and I, I mean, I'm so thankful. I had a really good dad. I hope you did too. Or maybe your father's still alive. And it's wonderful. And it could be wonderful. But it could not be so wonderful. I mean, what if you had a father that was just out of the picture? Just absent. Not there. What if your, what if your earthly father was just angry all the time and violent and Maybe, maybe told you that he loved you, but, but then turned around and mistreated you and your mom. And what if your earthly father, I don't know, was just fickle, you know, uh, would sometimes be there and sometimes wouldn't be there, would, would promise you things, but then wouldn't follow through. What if your father was always too busy to spend any time with you? You see how we might carry that image of a father over to our heavenly father. And, and, and look, I'll be the first to admit, we earthly fathers blow it. We earthly parents blow it, don't we? I figured my kids are probably saying amen right now, but I'm, I know we do. I know we, we blow it. But whatever failings and limitations we have as earthly parents, none of that applies to our heavenly father because God is the father who loves us in a perfect way. The, the best way, best image I can think of is the image of the, the parable of the prodigal son, the father in the parable of the prodigal son, who, who loves unconditionally, who loves the old sourpuss elder brother who, who grudgingly does everything and thinks he's being mistreated. And he says, everything I have is yours. You just ask. And he loves the prodigal who goes off and blows his, all of his money and wastes all of his time and rides and then comes home. And he runs and meets him with what? Open arms. That's the kind of father we have. Waiting for us to come back home. Arms open wide. We pray with confidence, not because we're so great, but because God loves us so much. God, our Heavenly Father, is, is always caring and always consistent, always close, never too busy. Nothing too big, nothing too small. That's our Heavenly Father. And if I could just tell you one thing, if I only had one chance to preach one sermon, I would tell you that you have a Heavenly Father that loves you that much and that there's nothing in the world that you could do to make your Father in Heaven love you less and there's nothing you could make your Father do to make your Father love you more. You cannot, it's, there's nothing you could do that will separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Not even death. Nothing can separate you. Because God is love. And God's disposition toward you and toward me is always a disposition of redeeming love. Because that's who God is. God can't stop loving you. Isn't that great news? So that's the connection part. Our Father in heaven. That's who we're praying to. Hallowed be your name is the prayer of refocusing, that's the second word, is telling God how much we love Him. We love God because God first loved us. Hallowed, you know, hallowed is not a word we toss around a lot these days. It means holy. But even when we say holy, 
Um, sometimes we use that word and say, I, I mean, I've already had a text this morning that said, holy cow, you know, uh, I guess Harry Carey and the Cubs, y'all, you know, but, and we call somebody a holy roller or we say somebody's holier than thou. But the word holy is, is the Greek word hagios, H-A-G-I-O-S, and it means separate. It means special. It means different. So, so that's the basic meaning of holy. So if something is hagios, it's different from the other things. It's special. If, if a people, if we are called to be a holy people, then we're called to be different from unholy, right? If we have a space that is holy and special and, and set apart, it, it's special for that purpose. It's set apart for that purpose. We um, have a skillet that was, was my grandmother, a little black skillet that was my grandmother. And it is, it is a hagios skillet. It is, I only use it for making cornbread because it's perfect for, it's, it's black. It's the perfect amount of seasoning, perfect size to fit whatever, re you know, the recipe for perfect, makes it perfect every time. And it is set apart for that, right? It's the holy skillet, <laughs> okay? Don't come to me and want to cook something else in my special set apart cornbread skillet because it's different. So what we're saying to God is, God, your name is to be held holy. So that's the holy part. What about the name part? The name, you know what? A name is more than just a, a handle. It's more than just a sticker that you put, hello, my name is. In the Bible, the name re reveals somebody's nature. It reveals somebody's character, their personality. Okay? Can you trust them? That's their name. God's name has to do with God's nature. And we know from what God, God's names are in the Bible, what God's nature is. We know God is our, our shepherd. We know God is our, our, Jesus calls him Abba, Daddy. We know that, that God is, is El Elyon, the Most High, and El Roy, the God who sees me, and El Shaddai, the All-Sufficient One. We know God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, the Lord our provider, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. We know that God is love. First John 4, 7 and 8 says God is love. And we love God because God loves us. That, that's who God is. That's God's name. So we have the prayer of connection, our Father in heaven. Remember how much God loves us. We have a prayer of refocusing. Hallowed be your name. We tell God how much we love God. And then the third one is this. Your kingdom come. And what that is is a prayer of cooperation. Because in that little cooperation prayer, your kingdom come, I'm offering my life for God's plan and purpose. Uh, the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus started out preaching. That's what Jesus finished up preaching. It's all about the kingdom of God. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here, right now. God's rule and God's reign is right here, ready to be a part of your hearts. We also know that the kingdom of God is not yet. And as I said this morning, I haven't watched the news today, but I don't think that the kingdom of God and God's will is being perfectly done on earth as it is in heaven yet. Did y'all watch the news? I don't think that's happened yet. That's in the future. 
So in a paradoxical way, the kingdom of God is already and it's still not yet. But both of them are true at the same time. But your kingdom come is like saying this to God. God, I recognize you've got a plan. You're sovereign. You've got a plan and you've got a purpose that's a lot better than anybody else's plan or purpose, even my own. And that some plans and some purposes out there are just diametrically opposed to your kingdom, God. What I want to do when I pray the your kingdom come, I just want to cooperate with you, God. You've already got the best plan ever. You've already got a purpose for my life. I, want to, I just want to cooperate. I want to do what you made me to do. So connect, refocus, cooperate. Now here's the fourth part. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a prayer of surrender, you see? Because it's like saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. I'm giving everything to you. Like we're, our, our closing hymn is going to be, I am thine, O Lord. And that's what we're saying to God. I'm yours. Not what I want, what you want. Now, when I say that's the Gethsemane prayer, do you know what I'm talking about? Can you, can you remember the story how after Jesus and his disciples left the upper room, Jesus took the, the 11 to the Mount of Olives to a, a private garden that he used from time to time to, to be a part. He had 11 people with him, remember, instead of 12 because Judas had already gone out to betray him, to sell him out. So he took those 11 people into the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane means oil press. Right? It's where you squish the, the, the olives to get the olive oil out of that, which is a, a perfect picture of what Jesus is about to anguish over in prayer. And he leaves eight of the 11 in the kind of the outer part of the garden. He takes his three closest followers, Peter, James, and John, deeper into the garden and says, y'all sit here and watch and pray with me while I go over there. And then Jesus goes deeper into the garden and prostrates himself on his face. He prostrates himself and he prays this agonizing prayer. My father, Jesus prays, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Now what cup is Jesus talking about? He's talking about the cup of his suffering and death. He's talking about the cup of his bearing all the sins of the world. Look, it wasn't that Jesus was afraid to die. It was that Jesus was, in addition to be 100% divine, Jesus was 100% human. And no human wants to suffer and die like that. And it's just that the human part of Jesus is saying, if there's any other way, I, I think I would choose that plan, God. But, but Father, yet not what I want, but what you want. And so after coming to that, after coming to that surrender part, he goes back and he finds Peter, James, and John, what? Sleeping. <laughs> the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he goes a second time and a third time to pray the same prayer. And he finishes with, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. The prayer of surrender. It's hard, y'all. It's hard. It's easy to say. It's a lot harder to mean. Because I'm like a little kid and you are too. We want what we want, right? To really say and mean not my will. 
I'm going to share real quickly John Wesley's covenant prayer because it's beautiful. And by the way, I have some of these printed out and they're on this table at, at the Hazel Oliver entrance if you want a copy of this. But here's, this is John Wesley's covenant prayer. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt, rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Again, so much easier to say than it is to actually surrender. So we have connect and refocus, cooperate, surrender. And then number five is dependence, the prayer of dependence. Give us today our daily bread. This is where I recognize that I depend on God to meet all my needs daily. Daily bread, now you know and I know that we're not just talking about bread, bread here. You might be on a, a, a keto diet or something where you can't eat bread. God bless you if you are. But I tell you what, I could, I could go to Panera's right now and, and eat them out of their, all of their bread. But it's not just talking about that. It's, it, daily bread means whatever you need for that day. It might be different on a daily basis. It might change in the middle of the day. What do you need for that day? Because this idea goes all the way back to, to the Exodus. Remember when, when God delivered the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt? And then they went out in the wilderness, okay? Went out in the wilderness. And they were thinking, how are we going to find enough food for all these people out here in the middle of nowhere? And God gave them daily bread. Remember manna? And they would go out in the morning. Okay, here's Bible trivia, let's see how you would do on, on Jeopardy if this was a category, right? So um, how much manna could they collect each morning for how many days, right? One, yes. Sheila pushed the, butter, but, uh, the buzzer first, so she gets that point. One day. Now, okay, double Jeopardy. What happens if they collect more than one day's worth? It's it spoiled, it burnt, as we say in the South. It got worms in it. Why? Not just because it's kind of cool and gross to think about that, but because God wanted them to depend on him every single day. Not today's bread and tomorrow's and next week's bread, but just today. Will you trust me today? It's like God is saying, will you trust me today? Look, you don't have tomorrow. You can't do anything about yesterday, but will you trust me today? Well, what's your daily bread today? Maybe it's strength. Maybe it's comfort. Maybe it's a need and a burden that you're carrying that's so heavy, you just don't think, I just don't know if I can carry it, God. That's my daily bread. I need you to carry this. I can't do it anymore. I can't. Give us today, God, what we need. Philippians 4, 19 um, is something that Paul writes right at the end of his letter to the Philippians. 
He thanks them for all of the gifts that they sent to him. And he says, you've sent all these things. I'm so thankful for all the things you sent me. And then he says this, my God will fully satisfy every need of yours according to his riches of glory. Daily bread, okay? You can't outgive God. God gives us daily bread. We depend on him. This is, there's so much. This is so, so deep and so rich. It's so powerful. This pattern for praying, it is not, it's not what to pray, what a ritual, it's how to pray. And once we, once we get a hold of this powerful pattern that the Lord gives us, it'll change our prayer lives. It'll change the way we think about praying. It will, when this truth gets a hold of us, it'll change us. And that's kind of the whole point. Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for, for teaching us to pray because, God, we need that so much. Because where would we be if we could not come to you in confidence, knowing that you loved us already, knowing that you are sovereign and you're all wise and you know what we need. And God, you know also our ignorance in asking that we sometimes don't know ourselves what we need. But we can always trust you. And when we know that we want to pray according to your will, we can always pray the prayer that you said was ours. We know that the Lord's prayer is your will. So Lord, burn this pattern into our hearts and our minds and help us, Lord, to remember that we always turn to you. We never get a busy signal. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, oh Lord. Amen. Our closing hymn today is number 419, and it is connected with that prayer of surrender that I told you about. It's, I am thine, O Lord. And so will you join me as we sing 419? If you have a prayer need, you want to come and the altar is open for you to pray today if you wish to. But let's stand together, number 419.
Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all now and forever. Amen.